Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I'm joined again by Russell Myers and Amber Grafland, familiar to you all by now, I'm sure. I'm sorry we didn't manage to get together last week and fill you in on what had been happening, but Russell was away on his holidays. It was. Having a lovely time. It was absolutely lovely. Where did you go? We went to Palenza in Mallorca. Recommend? Absolutely. Fantastic place. Oh, lovely. And I'm looking forward to my holidays soon, so... The episodes may be a bit more intermittent than usual, but we are we are around and here to stay. So do subscribe, and then every time we do do an episode, you will get it straight to your phone or iPad or other listening device. And um, we're intending to record Thursday again next week, so we will be back next week. Um, so I hope you didn't miss us too much um, and have managed to listen to our last episode when two weeks ago we were sitting here around this same table with these same microphones talking about Thomas Markle Um, and he had said that he was intending to keep speaking out until he and Meghan were reconciled and true to his words he has continued (laughs) to speak out and gave another interview yet another interview yet another weekend again yeah I mean this is the the situation that won't go away it's it's becoming quite a problem for um well for the for the royal family and indeed the the royal aides of how they're dealing with it and i no no doubt for megan i can't imagine she is enjoying any of this whatsoever so what did he what did he say this time so we've had uh, another interview in a sunday newspaper with um which was took place over the course of three days uh, apparently the nine hours spent with thomas mark i can't imagine what spending nine hours over three days was like with him but it seems to have been giving um huge reams and reams of copy and it's been particularly hurtful i mean he's gone right for the juggler he's talked about the royal family about how they cut him off about how he hasn't got megan's any numbers for her that she's um yeah, discontinued telephone number he had for her and for her senior royal aides. He's even sort of, I think this is really overstepping the mark now, as I understand it, He's um, because he's mentioned Diana. And I think that when he's brought Harry's mother into it and spoke to she would have been loathed about the way he's been treated, um, I, I, I get the feeling that this, that this is um, a step too far, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing that when he was saying about... Um, I can't get in touch with her anymore. It's like people, members of the public manage to get in touch with her. They write letters. I mean, it's it, the public, there is a public address where you can get in touch. And it, fine, it might be a bit unusual. Well, but, he, made, he made this but, point. I mean, he said, uh, you know, it's her birthday, obviously, on Saturday, which we'll t- touch upon later. But he said that, you know, I don't have a number for her. I don't have a number for any of her um, her, her staff. And I, I'd love to send her, he said, actually said, um, I'd, I want to send her a car, but if I send her a birthday card to Kensington Palace or wherever she's living now, it will just be one of among thousands. She'll probably never see it. He talks about, you know, he's, he's all about sending it priority mail, but he's sort of making all these excuses about not being in touch with her. And yet he's doing these interviews and making a very, very public affair. I mean, he's, he talks about, um, I, I thought it was, you know, particularly candid of him, but particularly hurtful. But he's saying, you know, Meghan might be better off if I were to die. Everyone would be filled with sympathy for her. And so you're seeing this sort of uh, mode where he's going into very, feeling very, very sorry for himself. But... But he's certainly not making it easy for himself if there was to be any type of reconciliation that um, I think it, we're, we're moving further and further away from that now. And it does actually feel like 
there is some action at the palace now to try and absolutely sort it absolutely. out. They've realised they realize that the problem. They can't just ignore the problem. It's not going to go away. I think he, he is not going away. No, he is definitely not going away. And uh, I think we're having this sort of week after week after week, sort of ten ten weeks before uh, since the wedding, rather. He's, you know, he gave the um, interview to Good Morning Britain, then he's spoken to a couple of other newspapers, magazines, you know, anything he says is turning particularly toxic. And now when he's, uh, he definitely isn't going away, the palace have been moved to, you know, to try and largely ignore this at the moment. And that is the official line where they're saying, you know, there's no comment to be made on this. But um, as we exclusively revealed in the mirror this week, that we know that there have been meetings at the palace to discuss specifically the role of Thomas Markle and how he is, um, you know, coming out with these particularly hurtful comments. Um, and I think it's it's definitely reached a stage now where we, we may see some action most probably behind the scenes but um, I, I think that certainly Meghan is, is aware of this um, uh, I imagine you know, Meghan and Harry were, were deeply hurt by the fact that he's mentioned Diana in all of this about how the way that he has been treated he's uh, relating himself to her in a way and I think when he's done that there's, this is you know this is the course of action that will need to be taken now Do you think it's clever interviewing though? Do you think he sat there and suddenly started talking about Diana or do you think someone has said to him what do you think I Diana th- would think of I this definitely situation. think that is the case. I think you're totally right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that, you know, there's, I mean, sitting here, as I said, for over the course of nine hours, there are so many yeah. paths you can lead him down. And let's be honest, he's singing like a canary at the moment. So he's, he, 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 he can't shut him up. So the fact is, he, he will basically say anything he wants and if he's being led to a certain mode of questioning yeah. and it might be one comment you know three four hours into the interview and then it's bang and it's and then, and then he's you know he, that, that's what he's doing isn't it he's just reams reams and reams and reams of these um particularly uh hurt as i said hurtful comments and um and it doesn't look like it's going away does it because i mean pa- prince harry and prince william are understandably very protective really of their mother's memory and you know they did They've done, they've done some lovely things and have spoken quite movingly about it in the past. But you know, they lost her at such a young age. We've talked about it a little bit in the past because um, it's not that yeah, time. He's definitely stepped out of line. But I do wonder if, as we've, you know, we've just said, that he's being led to kind of go down certain conversation avenues. Well, different. I mean, listen, I don't to. think I, I know a lot of you know people know who Diana is they will be well aware of her story and how um, you know, her particular uh, position within the royal family and uh, and how she was fell fell out of it um, quite publicly but the, the very fact when he's coming up with quotes of you know um, they speaking about the royal family have, have Meghan treating her father in a way that Harry's mother Princess Diana would have loathed that's not what Diana stood for now Really? Come on. I, I, I don't know if he knows the ins and outs of what no. Diana stood for. He may have known she was involved in charity work or what have you, but to be talking so you know, specifically like that, I think that's, um, you know, that it's particularly... Mm. Yeah. Um, it maybe speaks to the perception of, you know, she, she's become kind of an angelic figure very much since, her, you know, she can, can do no wrong, really, when you, when you die tragically at a relatively young age, inevitably... Beyond, you know, beyond the grave, you become even an even greater and more, um, sort of, I don't know, hallowed figure, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, but 
I, well, again, I, I mean, he, he, he talks about the he, he talks about he's talking about the queen and how he thinks she's worn the crown well and how he thinks that Charles will be a good king and talks about uh, William's elegance and you know sartorialness and I just find that this is you know words it's being put getting into his very mouth. Bizarre yeah, now. Very, very yeah. strange, well, I yeah. think I think in the early days there was a lot of talk about him being naive and that was and kind of people were willing to allow that, but when it's got to this stage and it's repeated. That to me doesn't feel like naivety. Well, it I, th- feels... I think it's totally right. In the in the first instance, he was naive to think that this because he wasn't speaking, was he? I mean, it was it was the interview everybody wanted. Um, our US editor, you know, got a great chat with him before the wedding. By and chat, a few, a, a, exactly, a few yeah, quotes a few, in the street. Absolutely, and it wasn't a sit down interview. So are you my, going to the wedding? My view is totally that, and I, and I know the the palace definitely um, uh, are rearing towards this that they think he's being manipulated. He's certainly being, well, whether that's be with members in his own family. We've obviously seen Samantha Markle yes. uh, quite vitriolic comments on Twitter, and she's done interviews and TV programs herself writing this book apparently about uh, in the shadow of the duchess quite quite um uh, no, more princess about pushy. no more princess pushy but i think again he he's knowing what works now and if he's getting paid for these interviews and he's they're getting massive shows and he's tr- let's say let's say for some perverse reason that he thinks this is the way to get his message out there that he may spark some sort of reaction either from Meghan or one of the aides to come and approach him um i I think this isn't going to go away and uh, as i understand again there are certain real fears within the palace of you know one whether Megan was to pick up the phone and speak to him, whether he's, you know, noting it down, every, her every word on, on a notepad and whether he then spilled the beans of the conversation as we've seen what he did talking about Prince Harry's yeah. conversation with him or whether he'll, you know, that, that whatever is said, whether it's from Megan or one of the, the royal aides, that will just be broadcast on the next big TV show. But and what do they do? What do you do about a problem? Well, like we've, we've spoken about this before, and I think that um, you know that, that that was the particular problem, wasn't it? That it it, it was a, a problem that didn't need to happen. That's it, potentially. Now and it's got this far, and it's, it's kind of like trying to get the cat back in the bag now. When <laughs> when it's, it's got a taste for it, absolutely. <laughs> and the you know he's obviously being paid for these interviews. I mean, he said he wasn't paid for this interview. Well, he didn't ask for payment. He didn't ask. Oh, that, yeah, so I think was how it was fine. possibly so phrased. I, 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 he he he's he's obviously got paid for the, the Good Morning Britain one. We know he's done other other paid interviews. Um, he's a man of quite um, a small small means, I suppose. So he lives a quite um, uh, a, a solitary life on his own. So the fact that he's being paid for these interviews, I I, I think that's an extra incentive for him to keep going. Mm. Now they could have had someone alongside him a long time ago, before the wedding or even after the wedding. Someone should have should have been alongside him. Absolutely. They should have either got out there to his home in Mexico, potentially babysat him for a little bit, or bring him into the fold. But I think that there's you know there's been some comments reportedly today um, that one of Meghan's uh, friends has revealed that there have been there were huge problems way before this with uh, Megan and her father, and this is just the the public explosion of all of the bad blood uh, between them over the years. Well, it's interesting very, that the last sad. chat we had, Alison Phillips, that her comment was that actually she feels that there is a possibility that Megan actually wants this distancing. 
it, there were these problems before, and maybe actually what she wants is just to cut all ties. But that's that's impossible, and I think possibly that if that is the case, that was very naive on her part. Mm. And then there's the added thing where um, Samantha Markle has been talked about as a potential contestant in Celebrity Big Brother mm. this summer, I mean, which is due oh, to start late in, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, one of our big reality TV shows yeah. every year. Um, and you know a load of people in a house together cameras on all of the time and the only thing they can really do apart from occasional tasks is sit and talk yeah and and, and she's you know not one to shy away from self-promotion <laughs> as we've well seen over the past few months so and she's got a book that is, that coming is a, out that so is she's going to a disaster waiting to happen i mean uh, i can't think of anything worse at the moment if one of the markle family were to appear on you know 24 hour reality tv i mean that's it you know it's seriously getting into the um well super embarrassing for, yeah. for all parties involved i think it has been reported that the bbc and itv have have said or been asked not to go there with the, in terms of their shows i mean no no samantha markle on strictly come dancing or i'm a celebrity get me out of here no but um oh goodness i mean I don't know. If Kensington Palace, if you're listening, if it was me, I would get somebody out there and go talk to him face to face because, let's face it, a, a, clearly people are managing to find him. Journalists yep. are managing well, to find him. And he I mean, definitely wants to talk. We know that there's three options on the table, right? So there's, there's one that Megan can pick up the phone and speak to him. We just touched upon that, 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 you know, the real fear is that he's, you know, either record, maybe recording. Or he just repeats everything. And, or he said. will definitely repeat what's been said. The second option is that one of the aides actually approaches him, tries to bring him into the fold, says, listen, what do you want? Now, the problem is, he might then say, to, you know, reconciliation with my daughter. And if she doesn't want that, then, you know, there's no incentive for him to stop. Um, and then, obviously, the third one is to continue ignoring the situation. But how many times are we going to be here talking about it? And the fact is, well, when's the next interview going to drop? When's the well, next he's finally just comments? run out of things to say. <laughs> it doesn't most look like or, it. Or everyone becomes bored of it, but... I don't think that's happening anytime soon well, no, because and, and this is reams and reams and reams of stuff and he's talking about the Queen, Prince Charles. There's so many characters to this soap <laughs> opera at the moment then, um, you know, I, I, it's, it, well, I don't think it's going to stop me. And if they soon. have a child then it's, I want to meet my grandchild yes. and, it, you know, it is, it's a big mess. Could, is it possible that they would deploy the Queen to sort this mess out? Because, I mean, she is she has worn the crown well. She is a lady who commands respect. Absolutely. You may listen to I, her. I can't see her personally getting involved at any stage, but listen, she's the head of the family. So if there was a, a war or a spat between any of our family, who's going to sort it out? Most probably the matriarch of the head of the family will back, bang some heads together and say, right, we've got to sort this out. And whether that is personally to Harry, Meghan, their chiefs of staff or whoever, but something is going to have to be done because if it doesn't, it's just going to heap further and further embarrassment on all parties involved. Yeah. Oh, let's hope maybe over the summer they can figure a few things out. I think it's been reported that Meghan might be making a private visit to America. Mm. No suggestion that it's to meet up with her father, more likely to you know, see, catch up with her friends and see, see her mum and have a bit of a, a holiday and things. Cause we well, are he's in- already spoken about turning up in London, so what's to stop him turning up to wherever he thinks that she may be? I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a circus. It's a to- become a total circus. And, I mean, Meghan and Harry are doing their best, as you keep saying, just keep getting on, getting on with things. So we've seen them out at the um, polo recently, um, raising money for Centre Bali, Prince Harry's... Uh, HIV charity supporting children and young people in Lesotho 
and Botswana. So a million quid. That's not bad for an afternoon, you know, chasing about on horses. Not bad at all. Um, and he obviously went to um, Holland as well, to a big, a big conference there. But, um, th- I mean, the picture that made all of the papers from the polo was... You know, Megan giving big him a big out. old kiss, yeah. proper proper little snog going on there for the trophy trophy giving, which obviously, I mean, you know, we we do draw comparisons with Diana. People like to remember that, and there were she would often be at the polo, and there was sort of a, a famous kiss picture because it's not really the done thing for the royal family to be uh, to show affection, mm. to show affection. No. I mean, or having massive PDAs. No, um, and. I mean, I I thought that Megan looked like she was full on into this kiss. I'm going to give my husband a proper I mean, snog. You would know better, but they are of all the royals. They are the royals that have showed the most affection towards each other, yeah, and they are the most spontaneous. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's not as surprising that it's them. But it was still quite, you know, very open. It was very spontaneous. It was nice to see. Yeah, it's lovely. It, yeah, you know, you'd like to think that a couple of months after getting married, you still want to give yeah. your husband a big snog. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, and. She also looked very striking in her in her outfit. Another um, Carolina Herrera four figure number in terms of okay, in so terms I, of price. I know I sound like I'm a little bit obsessed now, but yes, it was three thousand one hundred forty-three pounds <laughs> the outfit if you totaled it all up. But yeah, I, I, like I hope to she do didn't. Now. I hope she didn't buy all of these in one go. I mean, can you imagine what the credit card limit must have been? I know, to what, go and what buy? level are we up to now? Tens of thousands. Yeah, we were up to about 160 already, weren't we? So that's we're now heading sort of to the 170 quite nicely. I imagine after the wedding that they attend at the weekend, I think we're going to hit the 170. Nobody's spoken about she can't get um, clothes for free, but she get discounts. No, I don't think they do. I think they they just buy the clothes that, that, that they want to wear. I know that obviously brands are absolutely desperate for Kate and Meghan to wear their clothes. So they will, things will be sent to Kensington Palace. And they will be shown them. And if they like them, then they keep the item that they want to keep. And they return everything else with the money for the item that they right, keep. And they right. stick very, very rigidly to that. And I've never heard them not paying for anything that they wear. Do you want she to do like a loyalty card? You know, 10% I, off for your best, best I'd be very surprised customers. if she wasn't getting her best customer price from the house yeah. of wants you right now. Because everybody's talking about them. And I'm not saying that they needed the publicity. Of course they didn't. They were a hugely prestigious French fashion house. But there's immense competition between those fashion houses and the way they make the money is through the licensing of the handbags the accessories and the perfumes now of course as soon as a name like that gets catapulted out globally like Givenchy because Meghan wore it for her wedding you cannot tell me that sales of handbags and perfumes have not gone up as a result of that yeah there are a hot brand in sort of on the high street rather than just in de- they designer are, and land, I think maybe. what you find is that the more popular these brands are that the better um kind of display space they'll get in the luxury room at Harrods. So as soon as sales go up, suddenly you'll find that Givenchy will be the showcase designer as you walk in. And all these things are hugely important for these designers. And I think that as soon as Meghan started, you know, walked out in that Givenchy wedding dress, I think that they would have started to, you know, reap the financial benefits of that for sure. So what did you make of um, Meghan's polo outfit? I really love this. And I know we always talk about the fact that she's a thoroughly modern royal and she is doing things in a modern way. And I think this was a great example because it was a beautiful dress, very classic shape, the belted style that she likes to wear and really flatters her. But it was 
And we don't really see royals wearing denim, do we? Unless they're doing something sporting, wearing a pair of jeans. So it was a very modern interpretation of a classic look. And I think it looked absolutely beautiful on her. Carolina Herrera, of course, the designer that she's worn before, and does really suit her and seems to cut, you know, for, for, for the shape that she likes. So her trooping the colour, was that Carolina Herrera? Trooping the colour, the really off-the-shoulder pink sort of dress. blush pink. Yes, yeah, which looked stunning on her. Now, interestingly, you know, we talk about the fact that she's not shy about splashing some cash on her outfits she did wear a j crew carried a j crew clutch okay and it was 88 pounds but actually that day was on sale so you could buy it online for 44 pounds soon as i saw that it was from j crew i did have a little sneaky look at the site and i could have bought one there was still one available but i actually have a friend who's working for j crew at the moment so i dropped her a quick email and said okay what's the story with this bag and she has worked for lots of brands she's worked for harvey nichols in the past and she did say it's really interesting being in a store when something like that happens because the phone literally did start ringing and they were getting customer service emails and people were phoning and asking for the bag. I think, A, because it was affordable to start with, but the fact that it was on sale and you could have snapped it up for £44. Have you still got pounds, one? Save me one. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. And I did actually try to buy it, I've got to say, because I do have a wedding coming up and I failed miserably. And I know somebody at the store <laughs> and I still couldn't get my hands on it. But I, I hovered too long and I was obviously busy writing the piece for, for online so I didn't actually <laughs> oh, quite get no. to go to the, to the paying for it bit. Um, but I thought she looked great. But interestingly, it was the same bag that Pippa Middleton had taken to Wimbledon. Oh. Not the same bag. I don't. I'm not suggesting for one moment that, that they borrow besties. That they were they were sharing it. But they obviously very similar taste, and it mm. was the same bag. They do. I find that they do look semi-similar sometimes if you catch them at a certain yeah, a certain have, angle they have a similar style they both look very elegant and they're very feminine so you know they'd obviously both both really like that mag a new what? sunglasses style we had she's obviously stuck to um the similar style for a while but she's wearing a tom ford pair it's that's called the emma if anybody's interested i thought they looked very elegant on her black and gold and i think actually she looked really really fantastic my favorite thing about that outfit was the shoes yeah, I love she's them. worn those before. That's her favourite style, right? They're, it's the um, she. They're called the Deneuf heel. Mm, yes, very nice. By Aguazura. It's sort of a nice little sort of a cross sling back pump situation. She does always wear bows. really, really good shoes. I've got to say, and I think a lot of the time that's what really kind of gives her outfits the edge. Again, not cheap shoes, are they? Because I feel five hundred forty-six pounds like if you want to purchase those. No, you're all right, thank you. But I might see, <laughs> I might see if there's some looky likey somewhere. Yeah, but look at June. They're very good at Ac- translating these styles. Aquazura, they seem to be maybe her shoe brand in the way that LK Bennett was Kate's yeah. shoe brand initially. Definitely, she's worn lots of different styles by the same brand. She obviously, I mean, hands off. You know, hats off. She managed to wear those heels on the grass. There were lots of people were very impressed by that. She was at the polo, had to walk on grass, and she was wearing very, very high-heeled shoes. So, Maybe well done. Well done, Megan. Maybe she learned it at Duchess School that I she's think doing. So. I think so. They def- <laughs> definitely taught how to do that, because I certainly can't do it. Um, well, we're talking about fashion. We should talk about Vogue and <gasps> Beatrice and Eugenie. Yes. Are, what did you think when you heard that they were going to be featured, Amber? Um, I... I don't know if it's the kind of publicity that they need, if I'm being honest with you. They Vogue or they the York sisters? The York sisters. Of course, it's a great coup for Vogue. Everybody is interested in... Well, I'm quite interested to learn what they actually do. So that's why I would read the interview, if I'm being perfectly (laughs) honest with you. What do they do? Um, And I always like to see the fashion choices. So it's quite interesting to see how they look when they are styled by a stylist from Vogue. So Mm. that's, again, that's quite interesting. So it's a great coup for for the magazine. I'm just not sure 
role that they needed to be doing it. Because mm. usually looked incredible in the, I think it was Harper's Bazaar that she was in before. Had some yeah, but of lovely course they, pictures. they're really attractive girls, but they do make some peculiar fashion choices when they're left to their own devices, let's be honest. Because Diana was on the front cover of Vogue. Yeah, Kate the, was on the, the front cover of Vogue. The famous Maria shots. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a kind of a, it's a coup again, as I say, for the magazine. And you think it will be? It would have been the magazine that will have gone after oh, that, absolutely. rather than the York sisters saying. But I'm sure too, the York too, sisters were delighted when that call came in. And um, yes. what have we learnt about the interview so far? It's pretty cringeworthy, in my opinion. I mean, you know, it's, it's first first joint interview, isn't it? But the, but the, fa- the very fact that they are talking about the pressures of their personal lives about <laughs> being you know, young, independent women whilst being members of the royal family um, is just a bit too much to, to, to stomach for, for some people, myself included. I mean, one of the pull-out quotes from it is, um, you know, Princess Beatrice saying, it's hard to navigate situations like these because there is no precedent, there's no protocol. We are the first, which they're not. Uh, I mean, I don't know where they get off saying that, but we are young women trying to build careers and have personal lives, and we're also princesses, and we're doing this all in the public eye. We want to show people who we, who, uh, who we are as working, young, royal women, but not afraid of putting ourselves out there. Nowadays, it's too easy to recall when you see a perfect image on Instagram, but it's important that it's real. We're real. And I think a lot of people are going to say, come on, um, it's just a tad ridiculous that they are saying this. They've been heavily criticised in the past, haven't they, about the sort of number of extravagant holidays that they're taking whilst um, not being too... uh, conscientious in their work life even though obviously Beatrice we do know is um, uh, VP of partnerships at a US uh, technology company and Eugenie works for a contemporary art gallery so they they have these roles um, quite fancy jobs not too sure what they do about work well at work um, I'm sure maybe we, we could ask them if we get our own, own interview but well, it, they're it's, struggling it's, to balance the pressures of their of busy course, lives yeah, and their public silly roles me. but I just think like you know we've seen recently that when the the royals such as William you know getting it where, where he's, whether he's getting involved in a football match or Harry's, you know, letting a kid tickle his beard and they're all getting in, involved and just being a tad normal this just smacks of delusions of grandeur and I know that they are princesses but if they want to be taken seriously talking about their charity work which they do do we had um, Eugenie at the uh, UN recently um, they've they've got to bring themselves back down to earth and I just think that the, the market if they're trying to appeal to a market where they do want to be taken seriously as you know let's give them the benefit of the doubt that young working women who have uh you know ambitions to have good careers it just seems a tad silly that you you're going to say hey guys we're real um i just took it to be one of the a sketch from the windsors i mean i couldn't actually believe what i was reading and um, yeah, a bit bit toe curling for me. Yeah, if you need some if you need some holiday TV watching this summer, The Windsor is kind of that opposite of The Crown so in that it is a, a comedy 
Um, slapstick, slapstick comedy, yeah. and it is the the York sisters are my favourite. I mean, this they, they this is this reads but... like it is a sketch. But, it's but going just back ridiculous. to the interview, how would it work? So obviously, Vogue magazine approached them. Would you like to yep. do the shoot? Yes, of course we yep. would. They trundle in there. They get styled. I think they do look very fabulous in the photograph. Um, they do so, the interview. The, someone from the palace must be there checking these words. Yeah, right. yeah, so but, somebody but, was happy with them, you know, constantly they are, banging on about how real they are. Women, as they they're, they're, they're saying, and, and and maybe that they would say, no, we want to get this out there. We want to demonstrate how you know we we are real. And I just think by saying that, by saying that comment, on you just part. totally blindside the whole. Inter- it just it doesn't matter what you say because there are parts in the interview where you know what I, I actually felt sorry for them because um, but part, part of it was talking about how you know we know they've been mercilessly ribbed at by some quarters about their fashion sense you know the, the, the hats that they wore to uh, William and Kate's wedding in 2011 most notably but yeah and, and then you know criticise about working and extravagant holidays but then you know the, the, they talk about how they were affected by some of the criticism of their appearance and, and, and sometimes it really has been quite um, nasty and I imagine quite painful to read and so you, you know Eugenie um, recalls one occasion where they there was a she said that on the day of a garden party in Buckingham Palace when the criticism was too much she just said it was a horrible article that had been written about Beatrice and she got really upset we were just about to step out and she had a bit of a wobble and cried I was looking after her and then about an hour later I had a wobble and started crying but B was there for me and then they describe each other as each other's rocks and I think that's a really sweet element how you know some, it, it, let's, it, it must be difficult to navigate your life in the public eye whoever you are but have you know such criticism? I mean, were they twenty eight and twenty nine now? So they, they're only like twenty. So are we just mean? If we just be really mean, and well, actually we should be feeling really sorry I, no, no, for them. No, they everybody. They they are in the public eye, and then they are there to be commented on, and they haven't done themselves any favors like this. But on the flip side, if they'd have just spoken about. You know, sometimes we do make mistakes and we're not perfect. We're trying to navigate our way in the world and we're trying to find careers. But by then just turning it on its head and saying it's just a bit um, naff, to be honest. So. Um, I like the fact that usually she's having an anti-plastic wedding, yeah, which is interesting. I mean, that's, kind of, that's cool as well. Because I mean, so that, that, is, that is actually very in tune with what is happening. I mean, there's been a massive shift in the UK in the last year because of the Blue Planet documentary that plastic is very much... You know, it is the opposite of Givenchy. Essentially, Givenchy is what you want, and plastic is what you do not want in the, in life at the moment. But so that's so that's interesting. I but, thought that's um, a really interesting part. They're saying, you know, we're going to have a plastic-free wedding. It's it's in tune with our beliefs, and we have a plastic-free household. We're really trying to get in tune with our environmental side. So you know, look, I feel really things. mean now because I've no, just no, read I don't, that no, they no, say listen. they just want to shine light and love in the world. And yeah, but again, really this is just insane. That's like something that Miss World contestants it is. say. It is. But that's all I want to do from from here on in. I just want to shine light and love on the world. But that's this is this do. is you know just I, I mean these are the top lines of an interview where. They're there, decked out in. I mean, I haven't. I've seen a couple of the photos. Well, I'm trying to find out what they're actually wearing because it's just, it's just they've just lifted some of the photos and obviously the interview. It's not the full. Mm. Let me, let me, let me, let me describe the outfits in my best description of clothes. I would say that they both look pretty good. 
Although some of the attention is taken away by the little dogs that they have with yeah. them, which are very I'd say cute. Burberry or Alice Templey, I'm not quite sure what they're wearing. So Beatrice has got um, a double-breasted sort of military-style jacket, which I'm fairly sure I have seen her wearing, and it's got a bit of red trim and golden buttons and looks. I mean, these clearly were not taken in the heat wave. Let's face no. it, this was taken <laughs> some not. time ago, maybe springtime, because the grass is green apart from anything else, rather than like dried-out brownness that we have now. Um, and Beatrice has got kind of quite a big flouncy flouncy is not quite the right word it's I don't know maybe silk skirt that's kind of ruffled and they've both got what do you call them loafers like lace up loafer shoes with a bit of kind of brogues aren't brogues yeah Yeah, so um, Eugenie's a kind of a pearly queen style maybe with a with a row of pearl sort of buttons around and then Beatrice has got a bit of gold Um, Eugenie's got quite a, a dramatic black um, I don't know. Is it jacquard or, or like a brocade belted jacket? Yeah, yeah. Which is which is very striking with some scarlet lipstick again. So the, she's gone all out drama and then quite a sort of a heavily patterned skirt. So I think they do. I think Beatrice looks more relaxed and Eugenie looks more styled. Yeah, certainly in the certainly in the picture that I've seen so far. But it'll be interesting to see the full full deal and have a have a proper read of that. Um, so that's that's what they've been up to. Zara Tyndall was also in the in the paper at the weekend. She and her brother did a, I, kind of, I think it's called um, what's it called? It, it's basically where they get the Sunday Times asks two family members mm. to talk about their relationship with each other and other things. And in it in this um, in this chat, Zara revealed that she'd actually had a second miscarriage yeah, after the after the public the one that was sort of announced publicly because her pregnancy had been announced at the at the 12 week stage um so she revealed that she had had a, a second miscarriage fairly early on in the pregnancy but you know sort of talking about her pain and she also talked about the nice messages that they'd received from people and that they you know that they people who'd gone through the same thing and, and I think we've we've talked a bit before about the difference that the royals can make by talking about these things. William and Harry and Kate talking about mental health and focusing on that side of things. And you know, Zara and Mike Tyndall being far more open. You know, this generation of royals is far more open, and they they do talk about that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? she clearly wanted to get the message of her grief out into the public. And I think, as you say, a lot of people will have been able to identify it and now they feel that they can identify much more strongly with her and it makes her very human and people have shown a lot of compassion towards her because of that so so that's well worth reading that interview actually it's very it's a it's a nice one but the the, the royal calendar is kind of getting a bit quieter over the over the summer prince william's away next week which you'll be with which we'll be talking about yeah, next, next week um we had uh, camilla duchess of cornwall hanging out on the isle of wight with dame judy dent yeah, I love those having pictures. a having an ice cream amazing pictures yep. S- spectacular they um, look like they had a really really great time together yeah it's great it's been a really really cool fun one to go to um but the queen is now on her holidays she she's, is she's up at balmoral yeah prince so, philip is not yet there no it's understood to be in Sandringham. Um, uh, I'm not too sure whether he will be joining her. I know a lot of the royal family will be joining the Queen at some point. She likes them to all be there at some point and enjoy the, the summer with her. But, but so Balmoral initially in the summer is open to tourists and then it gets it gets close to tourists while the while the royal family enjoy their summer holidays. But um, 
two two weeks ago tomorrow when I was I was away for a weekend and I was at a wedding I came down at breakfast it was the day after we'd last recorded came down at breakfast and uh, one of my friends was having having breakfast with her she said oh people on Twitter are saying Prince Philip has died and instantly I'm like <laughs> oh goodness what's going what it what is going on because you know that it it isn't the first time there have been these rumors last time it was you know there was the early morning all of the staff called to the palace which ended up being the announcement that um he was retiring from from public duties mm. and um he is he is very fit and hale and hearty for his age but he he is now 97 and there will be a there will be a time when he is no longer here but now with twitter twitter in particular things can Absolutely. very quickly take and on a bit of a life of its own like wildfire and how I mean, this was your probably your first experience of being at the center yeah, of a royal I mean, rumor storm definitely i was well aware of the ones previously but not so sort of embedded within the the royal world and you know interested in it and and, and it is I think it started the. I was being told about it the day before. It's this sort of rumor got out wildly out of control. People, you know, whether certain people in different departments here coming up to me. I've heard. I've heard this. I've heard that. You know. So so. And then it starts with you know all the royal correspondents feverishly texting. Well, we know we know it's not right. But could it be right? And what's going on? And where have you heard it from? And then by the end of the Wednesday, was it? As what? Well, can't remember the day, but. By the end of the day, I'd had calls from the Caribbean, and these are either friends or former wow. colleagues, the yeah. Caribbean, America, Australia, and, and all throughout the country of, you know, people texting me like, by the way, I've just heard this. <laughs> and it's tip. like, well, you're just about the 30th person to, to call or text me. And I imagine the palace were inundated with calls whether that was to ever find out how these rumors start no i mean i think it was uh, as far as i understand it it was just a a a crazy twitter rumor and these things spread like wildfire i mean we've seen them with celebrity deaths and not deaths or not deaths exactly (laughs) yeah 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 so and then and it just gets out of control but then it was just you know these reams and reams of messages, and with with WhatsApp now, it's like it's a constant. I mean, it must have been hundreds of for me receiving them either from colleagues or you know people. I think my mum texted me at one point about, <laughs> and this is how ridiculous. Have you heard? I've just heard. <laughs> if you get scooped by your mum, Russell, oh, I, I know, think that's no, no. it's happened before. So you understand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hello, Russell's mum. Yeah, Hope you're listening. Yeah, she's, Hope yeah, you enjoy the show. One of my best contacts when I was uh, a, 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 a local reporter. But hello, so how, do you, how do you bring something like that? You know, essentially there is a thirst for information, yeah, and, and that people just to, want to know what is slow, happening. And how do you? You've got to slow it down. But I mean, this it's, it just gets out of control, and you, you, you then have to double. I better be sure on this. I better double check, and you know, we obviously. If you, you if you start saying things if you, if you dismiss it at once then you're opening yourself up but then if you, you know, then take what, it too seriously the then you'll be doing it all day in that situation where they're obviously inundated with people asking do they just not reply because they just it's a rumor we're not going to say Absolutely, or do they actually yeah, have no. to come out and well, say the, 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 we, we we didn't get you know official responses on it they won't be putting anything out on their own twitter feeds or what have you no. i mean it's opened up to me to you know i've discovered that when you know, unfortunately, Philip does pass. It will be announced by the BBC, and it will probably happen. The um, if it's in the evening, it will happen um, uh, the next morning, eight o'clock in the morning. It will be put out by the Press Association, okay. and the BBC will announce it. Um, 
It certainly won't be on Twitter, and it won't be someone from the Caribbean or America putting or Australia it, or Australia yeah. or you know in this office unless it's me. Or possibly out. even your mum. Yeah. Or my mum might find out. You never know. She's got, <laughs> her, she's got her ear closely to the ground. Um, so thankfully, thankfully that's that's not. Planned. I think I think we kind of drew it to a close by saying the Queen is on holiday in Balmoral and, we, and Prince Philip is. I think he was at Windsor at that stage. So we kind of said this is where he is. And then, yes, and then yeah, at least then yeah. there is some solid information rather yeah. than everybody in Twitter just turning them. Yeah, and I think it was an indication family. of the Queen went on her holiday, so that was and th- th- that, that, that her, was maybe. the one thing where we were be able to ask a tangible question and get a sensible answer. Has the Queen gone on holiday? Yes. Has the Queen left Buckingham Palace? Yeah, and she had, and she'd gone to Balmoral, and that's that's all you need to know. Mm. Um, mm. Oh dear, drama armor. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's been a lot of drama after drama at the moment, isn't it? Oh, but, yes. Um, um, uh, something happy on Saturday, though. So, Megan will be celebrating her 37th birthday. Yep. Um, she used to write about it when she had her blog, The Tig. So, in 2016, she said, My mom, excuse me, sorry, that was terrible American. My mum, UK version, has always said birthdays are your own personal new year, your own chance to make resolutions just for yourself and what you prognosticate great word for your year for your year ahead more surprises more adventures more opportunities to grow more days filled with giggles and cheeky jokes more delicious meals and more inspiration and so maybe that was just after she'd met prince harry and was feeling like all all happy about life but um but i feel like that's a good way to approach a birthday it's a great way to approach a birthday but um they won't be able to just have no i mean to themselves yeah last year they went on safari where um Harry organised a secret secret party in the jungle with a, bar, a barbecue around a campfire. Very, very romantic. Good birthday present. Not bad at all. Uh, but this this year, on well, this year on Saturday, actually, um, Harry is going to be best man at his friend uh, Charlie Van Strausenby's wedding. Um, Charlie is getting married in Surrey, in shirt, I understand. And... Uh, Charlie's been one of his you know, closest friends since they went to school in uh, Berkshire together, they went to Ludworth Prep School together. Um, they've been pictured on many occasions, most notably at sort of rugby matches and what have you. But, um, uh, and William and Harry were ushered at his uh, Charlie's brother's uh, wedding in 2013, his brother Thomas. So, yeah, so that's where they'll be spending Megan's birthday. The Van Stravensies were all at the at the royal wedding. They were indeed, as yeah. well. So it'll be interesting to see what what Megan wears. You and I were very divided about the last outfit that she wore to a wedding. That um, well, I blue think I'm the floral only person number. in the world who liked her blue full length Oscar de la Renta dress. I, I'm the only person that defended it. Although I do stand by the fact that it was a little bit too big, but I did absolutely love the dress. So what do you what do you fancy for this Saturday? I can't see her going for anything big and flouncy. It didn't really work, did it? No one seemed to like it. Although I'm sure she's not making her. Um, dress choices based on all the feedback that she gets I think we can probably expect something a bit more figure hugging she does love a belt something maybe belted I think something very ladylike very feminine a bit more Megan's signature style Mm. or does she use these weddings to actually do something completely different we might see something completely that we're not used to seeing her wearing Mm. like the Oscar and we can talk about that next week Um, so Russell Mm. if you were Prince Harry yes You've uh, last last year you managed to bust out the safari, 
And now yeah, he did you, raise the bar now quite high. Like, yeah, like, what's what's a good option for a, what's a good option for a birthday present? On the, after the, on the wedding of your first uh, first year of marriage, I don't know. Um, she doesn't need any more clothes. No, no more clothes. No, no more diamonds. No, she, she, she does always, love the diamonds. There's always space for more diamonds. I'm sure she would love some diamonds. <laughs> but you should you should you need to know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. Ne- Russell, there's no such thing as too many diamonds. <laughs> Oh dear. What did you get your missus after the first year after you got married? We I took her to Marrakesh because it was also her thirtieth birthday on in in April. So we went to Marrakesh oh, for a few days nice. and it was lovely. Good, it was a surprise that we good, didn't know until oh, we went to the airport. So lovely. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was good nice. husbanding. That's top, top points. Yeah. Top points. Well, <laughs> Harry, good luck. Hope you've chosen a good present and. Um, always a good idea to keep the receipt as well possibly <laughs> just, just in case i think husbands everywhere know, they know, know that. that yeah yeah um good so bumper episode unsurprisingly given that we weren't here last week but we will be back back next week do subscribe um hope you've enjoyed the show leave us a, a rating or a review on itunes if you can but until next time on save the queen